Welcome to Talking Foosball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as sweet as a Joe Scally assist in the final fixture, fancy advice as painful as a Constantinus Mavropanos arse injury, and two pundits as controversial as a Matt Hummel's red card. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Thurgood. This is Talking Foosball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 11. And joining me, as always, he is the fantasy Foosball got and one half of the fantasy boys, Flo Reinecker. Flo, my friend, how are you? Gearing up? for a big match day yeah. before the final round of unlimited transfers? I, I, I'm fine. But what's the ass injury, James? That's that's <laughs> definitely sounding indecent. And it sounds like something uh, uh, something a German would say uh, if he doesn't know the, the, the real English term for something. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was it. They put it out on Twitter right before the game that he had pulled a muscle in his butt cheek. So technically, I'm calling that an ass injury. Okay, so it's ass or ass. You you're not saying ass. You're saying ass. Well, I'm I'm British, so I have to say ass as opposed to ah, ass. Okay, you know, it's that, just, that's, that's, that's where just I drifted a, off. Okay, <laughs> that's just an accent thing. Um, there's nothing. No, <laughs> I, I was reminded of there's a famous clip of Zep Meyer, the old German goalkeeper, who was explaining uh, how how to use tobacco that you put in your nose. And he said to the guys, you put it in the nays because <laughs> he didn't know what nose means. So I, I was reminded of that. But then then it's just like I'm used probably because of Netflix and all the other stuff more to American English than English English. <laughs> so. That's, I try I try and stick to my roots as much as yeah, I can. Yeah, you should, um, you should. You know, even, even as a soon-to-be Anglo-German and all of this type of thing. So, yeah, no, it's uh, just one of those things. Sorry to throw you off. But, yes, it was deliberate. I deliberately phrased it that way to be a bit controversial, as the last part of the introduction <laughs> said. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. But we've got a big match day ahead of us, my friend. The last one before another round of unlimited transfers. In the Hinrunda, it's the last one. And then we've got to kind of grind it out till the winter break. What are you looking for on this match day? Because I think both both of us have had a bit of a topsy-turvy time in the, the fantasy world so far this season. Yeah, but I, I feel all right with my team right now. Like, the one thing I don't need is a costage injury. That's the situation, like, that's giving me headaches right now. But apart from that, um, 134 points, I think, last match day, I think, was all right, given all the circumstances I wish I had gone for Grifo instead of Young, but I could, I didn't have the funds. Uh, I should made other moves to make. To, but I've, I, I felt like Grifo had maybe a sixty forty shot to be the better uh, choice than than Young was. But uh, yeah, and they're like that's that's how things shape up. But now we're looking just this match day. That's definitely they're just games you don't have to worry about at all. I think because <laughs> yeah. we get unlimited transfers. I'm not even looking what's on the horizon next. Um, that's not my concern, and it definitely makes decision making easier in my mind. So we're just going for this one week, and I think. Uh, I mean, it's not the easiest week with the way that uh, matchups are up, uh, shaping out, but uh, I think there are some great spots uh, where you can invest and, and get a lot of uh, fantasy returns. Yeah, I, c I couldn't agree more. I think there are some opportunities out there. But yes, if you notice the fact that there are maybe some teams that we sweep over quite quickly today, uh, please don't take offense. I know there's been some feedback in the past that we don't focus on every team and we need ultimately to be giving suggestions from every team. But I think this week with just three transfers, there are some teams that we really, 
if you want to invest in them, you're more than welcome to, but we're not going to advise you to. I think it's probably the way to look at it. But you mentioned that this is a pretty tricky game week in some respects, Flo, and that's our first listener question. Thank you to everyone who sent one in last minute because I sent out a bit of a last minute request while I was on my way back from Dortmund before getting home to record this. So thank you to everyone that did send one in. And I'll also say quickly a big thank you to everyone that took part in the Twitter spaces last Friday. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we got through a lot of questions, even if I didn't know that Jordan Bayer was injured at the start of it. It smoothed out uh, by the <laughs> By the end of it, I think it's fair to say. But anyway, on with some listener questions today then. The first from at Ralph E.A. Smith. He says, hi, gents. Every game this week looks quite hard to call. Stuttgart, Leverkusen, Frankfurt don't look as appealing as they did a few weeks ago. And he says, I feel Freiburg shouldn't be underestimated even against a rampaging Bayern. With that in mind, who are you looking to as the most investable sides? So one aside at first, I like, I like Freiburg, but I don't think they can stop Bayern. I think we will can be in the Leverkusen situation here where Bayern really wants to stick it to Freiburg. And at least they will create a lot of shots. I mean, they, they, it could be one of these days where they're just not hitting the back of the net, but they, they at least will create shots. And I don't think that's something that Freiburg can stop. So I'm not concerned about the Bayern assets. So that's that's my first thing. And I still want to invest in Stuttgart and, and Frankfurt. Uh, it's tough. Um, I think we'll talk about when we navigate this, uh, these fixtures, where are spots where maybe you can uh, take a, a step at these two clubs. And I think another club that stands out for me as an investment is Wolfsburg, with like the Floco hype train on taking up steam there. And I think there are really good options there. Uh, to invest in at Wolfsburg. And I also like Cologne. Yeah, I was going to say, I we, think they're... Like, yeah. Results-wise, they're on the slum, but they created 20 shots at Dortmund. And if you just see the result, you see that Dortmund won 2-0, and you think, yeah, that like clear-cut game, but that wasn't the case at all. Cologne could have easily getting a point or even were able to win it at, at Dortmund. So um, I think them going up at home against Union... They may be a tough cracker, but I still like Cologne um, as a side to invest in, standalone fixture. And uh, I think um, Cologne is a differential team uh, to look out for on this match day. Yeah, I think I think they might fly under the radar for many people, but we should take into account that Union will be in action later tonight in Europe once again. And I mean, this is a side that are starting to show some of the signs of the effects of competing in more competitions this season, three in total. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that shapes up, but I like them as a bit of an outside pick. Let's move on to our next listener question, a, a nice and simple one. A, a player pick at Rasmus Lormus says, who do you see as a better pick for this match day only? Borna Sosa and Christian Gunter. I mean, that's an interesting one because Gunter's got the bad fixture. Sosa's kind of got the bad form. Yeah, but I'm still, I'm still leaning uh, Sosa and uh, pretty clear. So Bielefeld has conceded the second most shots in the Bundesliga so far this season, only topped by Stuttgart. So <laughs> this is going to be an interesting game in a fantasy sense, Stuttgart against Bielefeld. But um, Bielefeld can't stop their opponents to get shots off. And uh, Sosa will probably be involved in enough of them. And like one of these days, maybe Stuttgart is able um, to hit a turnaround. And it could be this this day. Still. And, and I still think that Günther, he might have some production. But 
I mean, four or five goals against him are definitely on the cards. And oh, oh, um, it's, it's really tough to overcome <laughs> you are, that. You are decidedly pessimistic about Freiburg's uh, chances in that, Munich. I, I am I mean, a little more optimistic. I mean, we've seen what happens when, when Bayern gets on the roll. Yeah, don't get me. Like, it's not, it's, it's not to take anything away from, from Freiburg. I just feel like if they're on top of the game is it like there are just like maybe two or three sides in Europe that can compete with Bayern right now so uh, and it's, one of them is Freiburg to t- <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's Freiburg yeah because they're the only unbeaten team in the Bundesliga but yeah I, I think there's a like there's a risk of Gunther getting so many points deducted for goals against him that is really tough for him to overcome that. Yeah. And Freiburg won't have the ball for no. a, a lot of times. Um, so it will be hard for them to create a lot of shots. So uh, I'm definitely going with Sosa here. Yeah, no, I mean, I fully agree with you. I, I am a bit higher on Freiburg's chances in Munich than you are, but I would still say Sosa over Gunter because I just don't think Gunter's going to have that much attacking output as we're used to seeing from him in this game. I... I mean, it's a massive head versus heart battle in all of these types of games. The head clearly says Bayern. The heart just wants Freiburg to win it. And I'd, I'd love to see, you know, them, them grind out a result of some sort and really put the cat amongst the pigeons. But we will see what happens. Sosa over Gunter, I think, is a, is a valuable way to go. Let's move on to our next question at Korosh for you. He's asking about Larsen of Bielefeld and whether he's changed position and is a more attacking option now because he's asking whether Larsen or Gieselman may be the better options in the current match day. And I mean, Bielefeld, they're still playing with a back four for the most part, but I would say from what I have seen of them, which isn't a whole lot, I can't say I've seen every 90 minutes from the last five match days or anything, but definitely a lot of their games. And he's getting into more advanced positions, even if the formation isn't necessarily putting him there, Flo. Yes, because uh, like Bielefeld is implementing what we've seen from Union uh, for quite some time. So if they're attacking over the right flank, then Larsen is going to arrive late in the box. And that led to him scoring two goals. But I mean, on average, his season, he is like he's not involved in a shot a game. He's, he's 0.9 shots per 90 minutes. That's his rate so far this season. Uh, and of course, if like, if he takes one shot and is going to end up in goal, you you happy with him. Um, he got two shots off actually uh, last weekend, but I, I think that's that's almost his limit. Yeah, and, it's almost Bielefeld's uh, limit in the game. And I mean, it's, it's fluky. It's, it's just like with Upamecano. I mean, I think Upamecano right now is like the second uh, best assist <laughs> guy in the Bundesliga. And it's, it's really, it's fluky. I wouldn't like he has four assists already. And although I mean his assist to Thomas Müller at Union, it was marvelous. But I think that's nothing you can bank on. And I feel the same way with Larsen. I'd much rather play Gieselmann because they play with a three-man back line and he's naturally in a more advanced position than Larsen is. And, and that's why I still prefer Gieselmann and I pr- prefer a lot of other uh, cheap options probably to Larsen. Um, yeah, just because he, like, he, he, he has been efficient of late uh, when he got the chance to get shots off at goal, but I think it's not sustainable that he scores any any other uh, shot a goal. That's not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this. I think for a one and done, I'm not against it fully. He wouldn't be high on my shopping list, but if you want a big differential, it could be that, and you might come out, you know, with a big point swing. But 
Yeah, whether that's advisable or not, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think I can quite go as far as saying it's advisable. But Korosh, I mean, you've done things in the past, my friend, that have shocked us and they've turned out really well for you. So, I mean, stick with your gut here is what I would say. And your question about Mbabu, we'll come to that when we talk about Wolfsburg in the fixtures later. So just hold on for that answer. Instead, we'll move on to the next question. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit in the Friday Twitter spaces because there was a, a, a listener that was trying to, th- or thinking of getting rid of Kimmich. And the ice cream corn is asking... Is Kimmich worth keeping at his current price range or should I replace him with someone else? He says he has Wurz, Nkunku, Kostic and Hoffman. He says, am I going overkill in my midfield? And the, the problem here is, Flo, is, is if he is, I am too, because I've got that exact same midfield right now. With Kimmich, is, it feels strange to say that, but it's a bit like with Lawson. Because you, if you look at his shot involvement, it's not that high. It's 3.4 shots per 90 minutes. That's his rate. If you compare that to Leon Goretzka, for instance, he's sitting at five. But Kimmich is in, like his involvement in 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 goals is is higher, and the same is true for Müller. Like his shot involvement isn't that high, but his efficiency is. So you have to balance these things out. I personally, I don't have Kimmich, and uh, it's been that way for quite some time. At times it's hurting me, but um, I think all in all he isn't—he isn't a must-have midfielder. I, I much rather have Jonas Hofmann than uh, Joshua Kimmich right now. Um, so, but the way that he's getting his shot involvement with taking corners, taking free kicks, is like that's more likely to produce actually assists than other players might have. So his passes to a shot to assist ratio is probably higher than with other players just because of the nature that they are created. And I I think that's not fluky, maybe in the kind of really great uh, discrepancy um, between him and other guys, but that's definitely something you can count on with him. Uh, But I, I, I feel he's too pricey for what he's bringing to the table. Yeah, it's that question of value. It, re- it really is with Kimmich yeah. because, yes, he can hit, hit you really big games. We've seen that. He's had some, you know, 20-plus point games this season where he's chipped in with a goal or an assist. The problem is those those appearances and those performances are too hit and miss. They're too sparse for me at his price range. And, yes, he gives you a good baseline, but I think there are players that are cheaper that give you that same baseline that you could potentially even get more returns from because they might be less patchy with their big point performances. And so, yeah, for me, I I don't think Kimmich for me is on the chopping block this week because I do think set pieces and corners might actually be crucial for Bayern against Freiburg, a Freiburg side that are going to sit deep and try and defend and try and shut up shop. But I will admit that Kimmich for me is on the chopping block when it comes to unlimited transfers in the international break. And I may think about saving money because I did go overkill with my midfield. I thought that was the strategy in this little window between the two unlimited transfers. And it hasn't gone badly for me, but I do think some of those funds could have been used better elsewhere. And it may have made my life easier in my backline had I saved some money in my midfield. So yeah. I'm definitely taking those things into account. And because of that, Kimmich is on the chopping block. So I understand where you're coming from as well, the ice cream corn. Um, and so if you do get rid of him this weekend, certainly not the worst time, because I, I don't see there being four or five goals in that game, at least not just for mine. I see that. Yes. but uh, and, and that leads to like a second point I, I would like to make in regards to Kimmich. Go for it. I mean, we've got shot involvement as a great driver of fantasy success 
But I mean, the biggest spike you get in points wise are goals, of course. And you like, usually you have the goal scorer and you have, you have the guy who gives the assist. So the more goals a team scores, the more opportunity is there to score a lot of fantasy um, points. And Bayern has scored 38 goals so far this season. Uh, Dortmund is second with 27. So there's an 11 goal difference between Bayern and the second best teams. And that's definitely leading to, to Bayern having the potential to produce like three to four guys who produce on double digit uh, fantasy points on any given match day. And I, I just think most other clubs just don't have it. And if we like go further down the list, it's 27 for, for Dortmund. And that's, then there's another gap and then Leverkusen is at 23. Um, and it's definitely something to keep in mind on, um, not to get just stuck on shot involvement. I think it's very important, but you also want goal involvement. It's harder to predict, but it, if a team as a whole scores more goals, it's more likely than that you have a player that's involved in the goal than uh, a team that just scores like uh, one one goal a game on average. That's definitely something to also keep in mind. No, a, a very valid, very valid point um, and worth making in this one as well, because, yeah, it's the intricacies of the point system here that you need to try and tweak to your advantage. And Kimmy has some advantages there, but yeah, there's a reason we're talking about it and there's a reason he's on the chopping block because it hasn't quite matched the value that he has in this game. Okay, one final listener question before we close out part one from at Adam Kalin. He says, keep Grifo and or Gunter versus Bayern. And then he asks for the best defensive options if Vidmer, Nets or Scali don't start on the Friday night game. So at first I would try to get rid of my Freiburg assets if it is possible. And that's why I just, I would hate Kostic for being out for the for the weekend. And I hope we get confirmation tomorrow. So he isn't traveling with the team to Greece. Uh, they're playing this evening uh, at Olympiakos. Well, this evening probably. <laughs> they already play if you listen to that. But uh, for us, is this evening. And um, maybe we get some kind of confirmation uh, out of Glasner in regards to his availability um, at the weekend. I hope he is a go at first because I'd love to just keep him in, in the squad so I can get rid of my Freiburg assets. So I would do the same if I were you. And if you can't, I'd lean just keep the cheapest Freiburg guy you have. No, or I would I would keep Grifo over Günther uh, just because he doesn't get points reducted because of goals against. Yeah, that will be my advice and best defenders option. So cheaper defenders. Um, ben Schmitz already talked about Cologne, like him. Kevin Akpoguma for Hoffenheim. Um, Kadarabek is still out. Like he has this place on the right flank on lockdown. And, uh, I think he's worth investing for under six million. And of course, like the all time classic, uh, this season is Nico Gieselmann. Uh, I think these are the three cheap guys I would look at. Maybe Aaron, um, from, from Mainz in the same game. So, uh, you can pivot there. Um, but I like he wouldn't be in the mix for me if it wasn't a Friday evening uh, match. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point to make with him. I like that as well. Yeah, no, your three picks sound as well. Okay, we will leave it there for part one. We'll be back in part two when we'll be breaking down the match day eleven fixture list.
back to part two of Talking Foosball Fantasy. I've got Kicker out open in front of me, looking at the predicted lineups for match day 11. So it's time for us to get our teeth stuck into the fixture list, starting with that Friday night game. Mainz against Gladbach. Now, Jonathan Burkhardt has scored in three straight Bundesliga games for the first time in his career. He's also had a direct hand in seven goals in his last four competitive outings. Meanwhile, Gladbach have won their last three Bundesliga visits to Mainz and are unbeaten in the last five. Now, I have to say, Flo, when it comes to Jonathan Burkhardt, when we were talking at the last unlimited transfer window, we said that Mainz had a tough first game, I believe it was against Dortmund, yes. and then after that they had a run of really good games. But at no point did I see Jonathan Burkhardt and or carry Monasiwo quite producing what they've produced in recent weeks. And they would have actually been a great bandwagon to jump on instead of Braille Embolo, who of course is on the Gladbach side of things. But where are we at with this fixture? Who's top of your Friday night shopping list? I, I think it's a really tough fixture to me to gauge because I think it can swing both ways. We've seen Gladbach like having great games against perceived better opponents and really struggling against perceived worse opponents. But Mainz is playing really good. So in which bucket does this match <laughs> yeah. actually fit? So <laughs> They're we, a small club that are playing really well. Yes. Like where, where are they? Yeah. yeah, so we don't know. And that's leading to uncertainty. But it's still like, uh, you got Scully, you keep him just because of the price tag on Friday evening. No need to get rid of him. You have Hofmann. Keep him. He's such a great value and he is involved in so much that's happening for, for Gladbach. And if you have Ambolo, I probably still would ride it out with him. And in regards with Mainz, I, I probably wouldn't in, invest in Mainz. But if you're looking for, like last week, I said that I actually prefer Onesivo a bit over Borkard. And like the stats back me up on that. Onesivo is involved in 5.5 shots per 90 minutes. And Burkhardt is sitting at 3.2, which is not good for a striker. Not like, like that's, that's, that's not outstanding. But like what he's done this season is really, um, upping his level of efficiency. We didn't see that from him. It was like he was always a gift, but well, like, always is like, uh, <laughs> a strange word for a guy that's still so young. But <laughs> like his problem was that he like, he did so much good. Uh, all right, but in the end, he couldn't yeah, uh, finish the stuff. And now he's finishing what he does and, and what his yeah, abilities, uh, which abilities he has. So um, I think that's really good to see. But I still would prefer Onizivo, but I'm not going for either of these guys on this weekend. And the only other guy I think is Aaron as a cheap defender, but as there already is Gally in this game. I'm just looking to hold on to your assets that you already have and maybe not invest. The only exception would be in my mind if you don't have Hofmann and you want to get a Friday uh, midfielder to put your star man on. Uh, he would be my choice. Although I wonder, I mean, there's a talk about whether Dennis Zachary is going to be fit. I wonder whether there might be a rare start for Florian Neuhaus and whether he could be a nice little differential. The problem is he's in a very competitive field in that Gladbach midfield. Yeah, and you're not saving money. True, yeah. Um, go, going from Hofmann to Neuhaus, not really. So, uh, yeah. There's not a, yeah, um, you're right. There's not a big swing. If, if Neuhaus were a five million guy, I think that's something you could think about it. But the way it shapes out, I, I don't think is necessary to 
to do that. Then let me ask you about potential other differentials flow before we move on to the Saturday games, because I think some people might be looking at this Friday night game and going, oh, come on, we can have a gamble, right? Unlimited transfers just around the window. If you want to take a punt, this might be the time. I, I mean, there are two names for me in this fixture that stand out as potential differentials, so I'm just going to run them by you. Rami Benzabayuni and Alassane Player. What do you think? Both are interesting. So I highlighted both, you know, like my long-standing love for Alassane Player. And <laughs> yeah. I, I like... He really like the assist he gave to Hofmann was just like great. You just see that he's a he's a great football player. That's what I like about him. But still, he's more playing as this role on the flank, and Mbolo is playing central striker. And that's why I'm not sure. Like I think player is is more expensive than Mbolo is. Oh, by about four million, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see myself going to player. I can like Benzabayini is an interesting guy. The the problem for me is that I already have Scully and most of you ha have two. He's 10.5 million and like we weren't anticipating Gladbach changing their system back to a four man backline uh, which they did against Bochum. So Nets went out of the starting lineup and uh, they they changed it up though. They changed the system as reaction to the Bayer injury. I, I didn't see that coming because they were uh, way more successful with the three-man backline before that match. But still, Benzibaini got forward uh, even in this system with the uh, four-man back. He, he uh, took three shots on goal. That's definitely an encouraging sign. I think he's like, you overpay a bit, but like if money isn't the issue... Um, I, I think he's definitely a differential pick and he looks healthy. So um, we haven't seen that from him for quite some time. He always didn't look like 100%. And uh, from just my eyeball test, I, I've, I've got the feeling that he's like the healthiest uh, he's been in quite some time now. Yeah, I mean, having seen him myself, I would I would agree with that. And the fact is that Benzabaini, for me, is always a very interesting fantasy player because he loves to get forward and he's got the penalty-taking duties at Gladbach as well when he is fitting on the pitch. So yes, that's yeah. always, a, always a benefit for fantasy owners and he loves getting involved in goals. So yeah, we'll see um, with him. But he might be one to ride it out or at least to, to kind of wait until the international break rolls around and maybe pick him up on the back of that. Let's move into the Saturday games. Starting with the big one, we might as well. League leaders Bayern against unbeaten Freiburg, one of only four teams in Europe still unbeaten this season. Die Breisgauer, however, they're coming up against the Bayern side that, as we've mentioned, are in rampant form. And if you're talking about a certain Mr. Robert Lewandowski, he scored 19 goals in 18 games against Freiburg, including in each of the last five meetings. We've talked about getting rid of Freiburg assets flow. So who would you pick from this game if you had a player pick? I still, I, I think I still go with Alfonso Davis, um, who disappointed a bit, I think, last week. But if they're playing with a three-man backline again, I, I just think there's so much opportunity for him to go forward and to create something attacking-wise. And he will be up against Lucas Kübler, like he's having the 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 season of his life so far this season because of Schmidt still not being able to go. Um, was being infected with COVID and like the stuff we heard about uh, out of Freiburg this week is really like all the best to Jonathan Schmid and yeah, he's I hope he, he will recover uh, to be able to play professional football again and like 
from what Streich said about Schmidt that he lost so much weight and like his lung capacity has to go up again to a normal level, it doesn't, it really doesn't sound good for Jonathan Schmidt. Um, this is tough yeah, no, to hear very, that very about uh, a pro professional athlete. So yeah, all the best to him. But that means like Kübler, uh, that w that is going to be some test uh, for him to to play against Alfonso Davis. Um, so uh, he, he's still my pick. Up front, you got Lewandowski. I think you can double up with Müller or even with Sané. Sané is, is playing great right now. So these two guys would be my picks if you want to double up on Bayern. Yeah, I mean, it's that tough old situation that we've talked about a couple of times this season when you do double up. But yeah, as Thomas Muller proved last weekend, uh, it's still a valuable tactic if you can execute it at the right moments. Let's talk about Wolfsburg-Augsburg. An interesting game, actually, given the fact that, as Flo mentioned, Florian Kohlfeldt is back in the Bundesliga, pretty much got relegated with Bremen, but didn't. And now he's in the Champions League with Wolfsburg. It doesn't really make sense, but he's won two games out of two in all competitions since taking over from Mark van Bommel. And um, if you're talking about players... Val Vekos, back from coronavirus now. Uh, he's actually without a goal in six games, but he has four goals in five against Augsburg. Admittedly, that included a hat-trick and an 8-1 victory on the final day of the 2018-19 season. So yeah, take it with a bit of a pinch of salt. But the question here, Flo, I mean, are you surprised? Actually, can I just ask you, are you surprised to see Florian Kohlfeldt in this job? And are you surprised to see him getting two wins out of two in his first two games? No, on both accounts. Nice. Because, I mean... And I like I've got I've got still feelings for him. I really um, I'm happy for him. So I'm, I wasn't happy the way he handled his time at Bremen, like the last one and a half years. But as a person and the way that he always emphasizes how important the club is to him, and I think that like he he's authentic, and I think that's what got him a job so quickly after having like two abysmal seasons in a row as a head coach is the way he handles everything that has to do with communication. So, um, um, and uh, probably internally and externally. And I think that's his, tr his strongest suit. He, he lost his, his way at Bremen Bar. Like everything seems like he has a friend, like he really looks like uh, if you ending in a relationship and like you see the other part, six months later and you think, well, is that the same guy? So everything is <laughs> gleaming and he, he or she just looks so handsome and you think, well, maybe I, I, I made a mistake there. Uh, and that's the feeling I get with Florian Kofeld. Uh, he looks refreshed. He looks like really eager to take on the, the job. It's, it's, the only thing, it's a pity that it's Wolfsburg. Yeah, so I would yeah, I be rooting for almost every other team with him on the bench. And I still, I like, I, usually I don't watch, I wouldn't watch a Wolfsburg-Salzburg game um, in the Champions League as an early kickoff game. But yeah. I did <laughs> on Tuesday. And I really was rooting for Wolfsburg to win this. It's, and I, I felt kind of dirty doing that. But... <laughs> Still did it, and I think he's set up for success there. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I can also say he's a lovely man because I completely butchered my post-match interview with him, where in the second question I wanted to ask him what his message would be to his players for the final two group games, and I completely forgot the German word Ortschaft. 
and I couldn't get there. So there was just a really big, awkward pause while I tried to figure out what the word was, couldn't figure it out, and then just asked him, what are you going to tell your players <laughs> before the next two games? And like did it differently. But he was very nice about it, which is nice. But yeah, it, it is an interesting situation to see him there. He has changed things up with this Wolfsburg team as well, which from a fantasy perspective, we need to take note of. Yes. Uh, a change to a three-man backline. Yeah. And that was, I was mentioning, Korosh asked about Mbabu dropping out of the Wolfsburg side. I think, unfortunately, Mbabu is the victim of this formation change. because He's the biggest loser yeah, there. Reed yeah. Labaku is out and out the first choice in that position yeah. because that right wing back spot is really where his strengths lie going forward and going backwards. I, I think that's what Kufa did well. It's a perfect yes. position for Baku. Yeah. It's like that's really a way he can thrive in that in that in that spot. It's so like unfortunate that he's a midfielder in the game. Otherwise, like he would be a lot uh, to be in your in your squads. Yeah, no, he really would. But there are a couple of other players, Flo. And um, at Mister Seven Four Four Seven on Twitter asks which Wolfsburg players are worth a punt for this match day. If yes, who would you recommend in each position? And I think at home to an Augsburg side, yes, they won four one last week against Stuttgart. But let's be honest, this is an Augsburg side who have regularly shipped big defeats as well, and they're away from home against Wolfsburg, who, as we've said, two wins out of two. Bit of confidence of, under Florian Kohlfeldt. So who are you looking at, Flo? I think uh, Lukas Mecha has to be mentioned because he's just 8.7 million and he he's going to be the number one striker. Vejos played in the Champions League, but I'm not sure that he will be in the starting lineup. I'm not 100%, but Mecha will be. He scored in both games under Kohlfeldt. I, I think he's picking up like uh, self-confidence and that's important for a striker i think he's he's really a good one um that would be up front would be my choice in midfield maximilian arnold looks lively again in an attacking sense so he wasn't producing at all um attacking uh, returns this season so far and then going out to leverkusen having two shots two passes to a shot scoring a goal uh, i think he's back on the fantasy radar i think it's fair to say if you want to go cheaper, Yannick Gerhardt, like he's probably the biggest winner out of the the, the coaching change. Yes, plays yep. in a really attacking role. Um, probably Kofa likes the way he's he's attacking the ball when the opponent has it. So his his pressing is on point in in that uh, position, and I I think that's what is um, guaranteeing him his starting berth. And for six point nine million, he did pick up eight points at Leverkusen without being involved in a goal, and now at home against Augsburg, I, I think it's 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 good. And he, he picked up an assist in the Champions League as well for Barkley's yes. goal as well. So he had a couple of good moments in that game. And yeah, I think at 6.9, it's interesting. You've got Renato Steffen, you've got Dodi Luca Bacchio, you've got Maximilian Philipp, you've got Luca Waldschmidt, and it's Yannick Gerhardt who gets picked to play in behind Fout Vegas and Lucas and Metris. Yeah. A very interesting situation. What about defenders, Flo? It's tough for me because I don't like to play centre-backs in a three-man back line. And then it's just the left flank open because on right is playing Riddle Baku, who is a midfielder in the game. And we're not a hundred percent who's going to play um, as a left back, and it's like the option are three guys basically. It could be Otavio, could be Rossignol, could be Renato Stefan, who also can play that um, position. True. So um, I'm not going to invest there because I just don't feel there's a lot of uncertainty. If you point a gun to my head, which I hope you will never do, James, but. Uh, if you would, <laughs> well, you, you you talk about it regularly on this yeah. show, so maybe maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm, ho I'm surely hoping. I, mean, I don't plan any ideas. It probably would be Paulo Otavio for ten point two million. Yeah. Um, but 
like I feel 60% confident that he's going to be in the starting lineup. And then I think it's 25 maybe for Roussillon and 15 for Stefan or something like that. I'm not like there's definitely is a situation I want to avoid. If that were a Friday evening game, I would probably attack if either Roussillon or um, Otavio were in the lineup. But since it's not, um, I, I think it's really dicey to invest there. Oh yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think for me, I look at Otavio as a great, as a potentially great Vegas choice. But there's a reason he's a Vegas choice. So yeah, I think I think we've covered the base as well. That you kind of hit all the names that I had down on my list as well. So let's move on to Stuttgart against Bielefeld, a game where we have touched on already. Now Armenia have claimed just two points from a possible twelve on the road since winning in Stuttgart on match day thirty four of last season. These are two sides struggling for form and for goals in recent matches. So flow player pick. Who are you going for? Already talked about Sosa. I, I still think um, I like probably most people have lost faith in him. So um, I, I still have him in my squad. And I hope at least like the last match day before unlimited transfers, it, it pays off. I haven't so far, but I still believe him in. And then I would love to have a Stuttgart midfielder because there is so much value there. But what I said about the uncertainty at Wolfsburg's uh, left-back position or wing-back position on the left flank um, can be said about all Stuttgart midfielders who play in an attacking role. So you can go with Endo or Mangala. They will be in the starting lineup. But you want these guys who are playing high up the pitch and there you don't have that certainty. I'm still willing maybe to invest in Philipp Förster because he was injured wasn't in the starting lineup, I think, the last three games after being back from injury. But I can see him now after, like, Stuttgart is not performing. I can see him being the guy that Matarazzo uh, leans on in that spot against Bielefeld. And I might be willing to take the gamble on Förster, especially since he's much cheaper. If you invest in Otavio, you're, you're investing 10 point something million and, and Förster's 5 point seven if i'm not mistaken so is 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 a bargain and he definitely has a big game in him if it's clicking oh without yeah without a doubt without a doubt um he was one of those that was on our radar at the start of the season when they had that great game against first and he never quite kicked on because of injury which was a shame let's move on to Bochum against hoffenheim now andre kramrich uh, he was my banker choice last weekend worked out quite all right although admittedly i forgot to move my star man off of him onto Lewandowski. luckily it wasn't too big of a swing but kramrich he's had a direct hand in eight of hoffenheim's 19 goals this season coming at a rate of one every 111 minutes is it a straightforward player pick flow? Yeah, it has to be. But the other guy I think is interesting uh, is Kevin Akpoguma. So if you're looking for a cheap defender, I, I think he's he's a guy. And like he has some outs, um, how he can score, he can win challenges, he can get can be involved in shots, and he can even score uh, after set pieces. So um, I, I definitely think there are worse picks out there. Like he's not the most prolific crosser of the ball because he's like uh, he's a center back playing wing back and it's definitely showing at times but i i still think he's worth investing in Hoffenheim is unpredictable so uh i i don't think just because we've seen them perform on home home soil pretty good against cologne and hatter yeah doesn't mean that they yeah waltz into bochum and and trounce the foul no. fell. i i don't i don't think that's 
a given. No, I, I would agree. I mean, Bochum, we sold a couple of weeks ago against Frankfurt on home soil, gave them a really, really good run for their money and were, you know, good value for their results in that one. So uh, that's it. Bochum on home soil are a, are a tricky opponent, I think, for teams. Now, not to say Hoffenheim can't win big, but the odds don't speak as greatly in their favour. Nevertheless, Cramrich, you would feel, will be involved in shots or shots yes. on goal. So yes. that's yeah. uh, that's the good thing. Let's move on to the Saturday late game then, because this is a bit of a headache one. Leipzig against Dortmund. I think it's fair to say not many people would have been too heavily invested in Dortmund given their injury problems. Leipzig maybe more so with Antilino, Nkunku, Schoberschlei all performing well. If you look at all four of Leipzig's wins this season, they've come at the Red Bull Arena, scoring 17 goals in the process. And both sides will be feeling the effects of the Champions League. Dortmund more also because they did 61 minutes with 10 men after that crazy Mats Hummels red card. Um, and of course, they are injury ravaged already. So do you see any investment opportunities here, Flo? Yes, I still think a guy like Nkunku is pretty much a blue chip, no matter how the the game will shape out. And I think Schoboschlei is getting up there. I actually like, I have the stats open here from Leipzig and he's involved in six shots per 90 minutes, which is an outrageously high uh, value for midfielder, uh, Schoboschlei that is. And uh, Nkunku is sitting at five. So Schoboschlei actually involved in more shots, but in the end, efficiency is also, and, and Nkunku, like, he, he's scoring more so far. But at least I, we've, we've seen Schoberschlei take a penalty in the Champions League. So that's definitely something maybe he gets a crack at it. But Nkunku would start that game. Uh, and is it Forsberg or Schoberschlei? Or both of them? Or what's Jesse March going to do? Like that, we are not 100%. He's going to bring um, Danny so, Olmo back from injury and play him from the start, you know? <laughs> I, I discount that, but... Uh, you know, I, I would too, sorry. That was a very tongue-in-cheek, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, James. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably willing with, uh, to go with Nkunku. Um, but he's, like, he's almost the only yeah. one I would look at. And I'm not no. looking at the Dortmund side at all in this fixture. No, there's differential potential in that side, but... I, that's, I mean, that's a huge, huge gamble away from home against Leipzig. I, I mean, Kicker has Paslak in the in the predicted lineup. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that is going to happen, but that would definitely. Well, yeah, come, it comes down to how yeah, yeah how injured Leipzig. is Marius Wolf because he picked up a knock last night. Paslak did then go play at left back, but uh, I mean, the problem was Paslak went and played at left back, and then Anthony tore him apart and provided three assists. So uh, you know, there's a reason that Emre Can was the third choice left back at Borussia Dortmund. Let's just say that that way. Yes. So I think that Rose is now doing everything he can to keep Paslak off the pitch. <laughs> so I I don't believe this predicted starting lineup. I think he will think of something different, maybe play with a three-man back line. And then you have more options, even play in Hazard on yeah, the left yeah, flank. That's yeah. definitely something I could see happening. I, I just can't see Rose trusting Paslak uh, in a game at Leipzig right now with... Like all the, 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 the on the wing of yeah, all the possibilities know? he had to like give Paslak minutes and he didn't do it and I think there's a reason why he didn't. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm um, with you. I'm with so, you, yeah. and that, that's why I think it's a kind of unkunku or bust in this one. I don't even think Antilino is a good a good uh, player for this game necessarily. Um, either. Yeah, so maybe if Dortmund falls apart, well, um, yeah. Yeah, maybe they they do what they did against Ajax in the in the in the reverse fixture. It's um, like yeah. Dortmund is really hampered by injury. Uh, I think it's, it's it's definitely tough 
And in games like that, not having Haaland, not having, like, especially Guerrero. Yeah, Reina, uh, you know. Yeah. They, they're missing so much quality all over the pitch in all areas of their squad. Now, that's it. The, the beauty of uh, Dortmund is they have a lot of players that can decide a game for them in a moment. But the more players that end up on the sideline that fit that bill, the easier it is for teams to defend against the, the players that are left on the pitch. So the Marco Royces now will be, of course, the main focus of attention. And I mean, everyone's trying to keep Jude Bellingham quiet and failing, having a bit more success with Julian Brandt and Daniel Marlin. And so this is the predicament with Dortmund. They can get a result in, in Leipzig. I'm convinced of it. In terms of fantasy returns, I don't see many in there for any of us. And if you do get them, you're taking a big risk to get them. So credit to you if you do, yeah. but I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily advise doing that. So instead, for some flexibility flow, should we turn our attention to the Sunday games? Because we've got three of them once again, starting with Hertha against Leverkusen. Now, Leverkusen are without a win in three Bundesliga games. However, they are yet to lose away from home in any competition under Gerardo Seoane. Five wins, three draws. So where in this game would you be comfortable investing, Flo? Florian Wirtz. <laughs> yeah. End, end of list. End of list. Because that's the problem. We don't yeah. need the striker issue, you know, shicks out. Now Alario's a massive question mark. The the potential false nine of Paulinho is not guaranteed either. There's too many question marks, so Florian Wirtz is the lock, right? Yes. Leverkusen is struggling right now and the injury, like, we've seen now how important Schick is for uh, Leverkusen. Uh, he He's missing in a big way. Al Alario is basically a pure goal scorer and Schick is so much more for them and uh, I think he's not like we've seen now that that Alario can't be a real replacement for Patrick Schick in the shape he's been in this season so far in all aspects of the game and that's one of the aspects why Leverkusen is failing right now or having issues and Hatta they will be uh, satisfied with making that a really boring game with not a lot of stuff happening inside the boxes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm trying to stay clear of that game. I have Wurz in my squad and I'll keep him. But apart from that, yeah, I, I let others invest in that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to. No, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I briefly thought about uh, Jeremy Frimpong yeah. thinking like, oh, it might be a bit of a differential. But I agree with you. Hertha are going to do everything in their power to make this one of the ugliest games of football they can. <laughs> and Leverkusen, I, I think... I'll also wait to see how they perform tonight. You know, they're, they're five games without a win in all competitions right now. How are they going to bounce back from that tonight at home to Real Betis in the Europa League? So I might see how they shape up tonight before I really seriously consider putting my money in anyone other than Florian Wirtz. Should we talk about Cologne against Union then? Perhaps a more investable fixture. Now this, uh, arguably the battle of two of the best budget defenders and two of the best budget strikers in the game. I'm talking Benno Schmitz and Nico Gieselman. I'm talking Anthony Modest and Tyro Awanyi up front. The question, I guess, Flo, is who do you trust more to deliver fantasy returns in this one? Because I can see potential for both. Yeah, I, I see potential for both as well. Um, Avonio isn't on my radar because I think he's scoring right now every search uh, shot. So far this season, so it's really, really scoring at an unsustainable rate and his shot involvement isn't as high. And I mean, Cologne, they created more than 40 shots more than Union this season so far. So it's definitely, definitely, um, I'm looking more to the Cologne side. I think Gieselmann could be an exception. 
Because Schmitz... I think if he's going to score against Bayern, he, he has to be an exception in almost every game, doesn't he? He's someone you can now make that argument at his price tag that you can just leave him. And even if it's a bad game, he doesn't get involved. It's not the end of the world, right? No, it's not the end of the world. But like he's getting off shots himself. And Schmitz, uh, he has to rely on somebody getting on the end of his crosses. And it's always more dependable if you're the guy, or at least you've got more upside, um, the upside of scoring. Uh, that Gieselmann has, that Benno Schmitz doesn't have. Um, but I like both pretty much. And if you're talking about Modest versus Avuni, it's clearly Modest for me. But I, I think a guy who's flying under the radar is very interesting is Mark Wood for 8.9 million because he actually is involved in more shots. He scored a goal at Dortmund. Um, that didn't count because he, like, he, uh, I, I don't want to say used his hand, but like the ball touched his arm. So <laughs> the goal weren't allowed to, uh, the, that's just how the rules is. But yep. I think there can be a big game or there's a big game in the making for Mark Uth, uh one of these days. And I think it's, he's sitting at 7.2 shots per 90 minutes, which is really, really high. And uh, so I, I think if you want to be differential, uh, you could go with uh, Mark Wood in this matchup. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think you're going different. If you pick any of the three Köln strikers, Anderson, Modest, or Oot, I think you're already going differential. But I do agree with you. Oot, I'm waiting for that explosive, you know, 20 plus point performance because he's right there. Yeah. He's got the potential. He's, he's having the shots on goal. He just needs to find the back of the net with a couple of them in a single game. And it, it could be there. I still wish he was a midfielder flow. Yeah. And I, I think we shouldn't forget Florian Kainz because he wasn't in the starting lineup at Dortmund, but he had a cold the whole week and wasn't able to, to train last week. Um, so I fully expect him to be in the starting lineup again. So he would be my budget midfielder choice out of Cologne. Yeah, no, I um, agree with that as well. Yeah, Kainz. He's a bit of a boom or bust, I think, is what we've seen from him this season. But if you hit him on a boom, uh, then you're, you're singing singing pretty at that point. Should we talk about the final game? Because this is perhaps like the, the one bad mark or the, the, the black mark against Nico Giesemann or even Beno Schmitz is that to, to have a defender out of this final game isn't the easiest thing. Furt against Frankfurt, they are the ones who close out the match day. Now, Kostic, of course, would be the standout pick, but as we've mentioned, hasn't traveled to Greece for the Olympiakos game. There's a question mark next to his name. Hopefully, will we get clarity? The question is, Flo, let's take Kostic out of the equation. Where are you then looking to get points out of this game? Because I'd love to invest in this match. It's just so difficult to work out where. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, we're scratching Furt off the list. Yeah, so, sorry, Furt. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. they've only got a point out of 10 games. <laughs> no, so yeah, we're, we're not like, we're not doing that. Even if Frankfurt has like not the best of forms, if they're not playing Bayern, but no. And and then you have to think through the Frankfurt lineup. There's a lot of question marks right now. I, I, I think a guy like Hauge could be interesting, a guy like, Kamada could be interesting, but we have to see how they look, uh, how they play in the Europa League. Are there any more injuries? What's the status of Kostic? I think that's definitely something. A guy that could be interesting is Ayman Barkok because he, like, he's taking over this position on the right flank, uh, on the three man backline. He's pretty cheap. I think 3.3 million as a midfielder. And like, he's an attacking midfielder who's now playing as a wing back for the price tag he has. I think is interesting. 
He's not a guaranteed starter. That's like, and, and that's the problem with most of the guys. And if you want to roll, really roll the dice, I think Raphael Bore up front is interesting because the underlying stats are there for him. So if, if, if Frankfurt just like get into gear and Fürth is so decimated, like most of these players aren't Bundesliga players to begin with. And now they're missing a lot of these guys that maybe have the potential to, to play in the Bundesliga. And it's just like, it's really tough. There's an uphill battle for Fürth. I'm not sure like, they had seven out with, with Corona, and I'm not 100% if any of them will be back for that game. So that's definitely something to watch out for. But like maybe Frankfurt got this feeling, so we have to make a statement win here. And Raphael Bore could be uh, involved in, in, in something. Like he can have a breakout game, but... It's, it's definitely risk attached, but he's the one I could see at least having a big game here, apart from Kostic. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a potential for a lot of Frankfurt players to have a big game here, because you're right, Flo, they kind of need a game to unleash the shackles a little bit on their season, and they, you know, okay, away game against Goitafurt could be the the ideal opportunity to do that. Um, and that's it. We've got players like Eric Durham that are in the predicted lineup as well that could be interesting because if you are looking for a defender from this game, then Eric Durham might be the the most valuable option for you. Yeah, but he's it's also not a guaranteed starter, and that's and, like, and that's that's yeah, just exactly. a problem. Uh, I mean, he's a World Cup winner, but not a guaranteed starter. That's just sometimes how the cookie crumbles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the weird world of football sometimes. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually commentating this game, and I don't really know what to expect. I'd like to anticipate a, a Frankfurt win, but it's kind of how many goals will they score and who will get them. I wouldn't mind it being their breakout performance. It could make for an entertaining game. But in terms of an investable fantasy market, it's tricky. Uh, there's a minefield out there, ladies and gents. So be careful in investing in Frankfurt. But I do think that they are one of, if not the most investable side this weekend. So let's talk and close out the show flow with our player picks. Who's your Vegas choice? I'm going with, I like, I'm staying at Frankfurt and I'm going with Raphael uh, Bure. Uh, I think. Um, with Paciencia out being injured, I think he's, he's pretty certain to start. Uh, he's involved in shots if he's on the pitch, not on an outlandish raid, but still a good enough raid that I, I think I could see myself pulling the trigger uh, on him just because of his cheap. So, um, uh, he's under 8 million and 7.8 million is his exact price tag. And uh, I, yeah. I, I definitely differential. He comes with risk, but a very Vegas choice, in my opinion. And you know what? I agree with you. I mean, I've got a bit of a headache because I really like to have three strikers in different time slots um, on any given match day. And right now, that's not going to be the case. I've got Embolo, Lewandowski, Kramerich. So I don't have any strikers from the late kickoff slots on the Sunday. And I'm wondering, I've even mooted, I'll be honest, I've even mooted taking Robert Lewandowski out of my lineup. 
just as this like kind of last minute gamble on match day 11. I'm wondering whether that's just too stupid, but we'll see. You should do that. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. What are you 67 <laughs> points behind me right now? or something like that. So yeah, we'll see what happens, but this, this is, this is the head heart, head versus heart battle when it comes to Freiburg. I still see like, I want to, I want it to be a one or draw, like a gritty one or draw where there's not a lot of chances in the game and Lewandowski doesn't have a good one. The problem is that the, the heads tells me that that's not going to be the case, but I, I digress. Uh, let's get back to my Vegas choice. I was going to go for a Frankfurt player. Instead, I'll go Paolo Otavio. I, I made the case for him earlier, the Wolfsburg uh, left wing back. Yes, there's the risk of whether he stays in the starting lineup or whether Roussillon comes in, but I like him as a Vegas choice because I do think there's a clean sheet in that game for Wolfsburg given the way they've been playing recently and what I saw of Otavio on Tuesday against Salzburg. I think, A, we, we know he's a challenge monster when it comes to winning them, um, but he does like to get forward as well. So there's potential attacking returns in it for him. Super Schnäppchen flow. Who's top of your list? I'm going with... <laughs> I'm in Barcock, 3.3 million. I mean, we we, like... That's apart from all the usual guys we talk about, the Gieselmanns, the Schmitz, and like, we know they are on your radar, but Barco could be an interesting guy if you need to go cheap at midfield. I feel at least uh, decently confident that he's going to be in the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very good option at 3.3 million. You know, we, we keep looking for these cheap midfielders. We found a couple consistency being the problem, but in this one-and-done situation, Barcock could be very valuable. I have thought along the same lines, but I've stuck with Wolfsburg. So you've stuck, you've gone to two Frankfurt players, I've gone to Wolfsburg players. So Yannick Gerhardt, 6.9 million in midfield. Again, we made the case for him earlier, getting into good positions is in a more advanced position just based on the formation that Kohlfeld is using uh, and does have the propensity to get involved in goals as well. So yeah, two good midfield options there that won't break the bank. How about your banker, though, Flo? Who are you really putting your money on? I'm going with Lukas Mecha. Uh, he scored every game under Kofat so far, and I think that's going to, like, he's going to keep that streak alive. Uh, was involved in six shots at Leverkusen, so almost half from the shots they created. They had 13 shots on goal, and Mecha was involved in six of them. And I expect to be the the shot pile being even bigger. Um, when they face uh, Augsburg. So uh, I like Mecha a lot. And like he comes with a great discount uh, as well. Only only trouble for me is that he's playing Saturday afternoon as well. And I'm like, yes. that's the only thing to consider and why I might go with a Cologne striker instead to get this added layer of flexibility. Well, funny you mentioned Cologne Strikers because my banker is Anthony Modeste. So <laughs> that's that's the one I think if I am making a change up front, I think it will be for Anthony Modeste. I think we talked about Oud, we talked about Arneson, but in terms of the biggest upside and for me, I believe the most reliable source of points in that uh, that Cologne front line, I would go with Anthony Modeste based on the way he started this season in front of goal. But yeah, I almost feel like I should have picked a Frankfurt player so we could have had three Frankfurt and three Wolfsburg players in the player picks. But instead, I've thrown in a curveball with a Köln player at the end. So yeah, we, we haven't mentioned the, the normal ones, but I actually like the player picks this time because we've seen some some names that we don't hear too often out there. So I hope uh, all of the advice in today's show helps with making your decisions before the last round of unlimited transfers in the Hinrunde. 
We're going to have to grind it out to the winter break after that. Uh, good luck with that and good luck this weekend. But that brings us to an end of this week's episode of Talking Foosball Fantasy. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and I should mention as well, late on in the day right here, but we have actually cracked a thousand members in the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. So thank you very much for everyone that has joined. Uh, I don't know when we hit that milestone. I completely lost track of it. And I saw it today and I went, oh, I should mention that on the show. So here you go, right at the end. But for now, from me, your host, James Sorrow, good flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfie Dehern. Alfie Dehern.